Hey fans of Biblical Genetics, this is Dr. C. Thank you so much for tuning in. As in my other episodes, I'm going to spend a little bit of time just giving you an introduction to what you're about to hear. This is the audio from a YouTube video I produced called Coronaspiracy. And what I'm going to do is introduce some of the memes that have been floating around in social media about this, this big coronavirus problem. And I'm going to actually dispel some of the falsehoods that I'm hearing. I want you to be safe. I want us all to be reasonable. I love science. I love logic. I love thinking. So I do appreciate people who are thinking outside the box, but when something is brought up that's not true and it's easy to show it's not true, we need to actually distance ourselves from it. So I'm just going to bring up some of these. Now, if you're holding to one of these alternatives, I do not mean to insult you. That is one person in particular that did get a little mad at me when I, um, on social media, addressed some of the issues this person was posting. And, and you know, if you know who you are, please forgive me. I'm trying to be gentle. But this is a, an, a topic that a lot of people have a lot of emotional responses to. And frankly, there's a lot of people who are actually treating this glibly. Like, oh, I'm not going to get it. It doesn't matter. This is just a big charade or it's not really deadly or, you know, we should just go on about our business. But at the end, I'm actually going to get into what I believe should be the Christian response to this giant what's unfolding to be a tragedy and one basic christian response should be that we have mercy on the vulnerable this is one of the reasons why i'm presenting this this way i want us really to take a serious look at this because if it does pan out as the worst case scenarios are indicating this is going to be a tragedy if it pans out as the middle case scenarios are indicating well you know only maybe hundred thousand people will die <laughs> oh that's a lot of people still if this doesn't pan out at all, then we have one or two options. Either we did the right thing by quarantining or it was no big deal and we shouldn't have quarantined. That's a tough one. We don't really know the answer to that yet, but it will all pan out in the end. In fact, a couple of weeks to a couple of months from now, we are all going to be kicking ourselves in our retrospective rears because no matter what our position is now, it doesn't matter what you're thinking now, Months from now, you're going to be able to look back and say, oh, either I overreacted or I underreacted. And we don't know yet because, man, we can't see the future. Honestly and truly, I am treating this very, very seriously. We know we've had epidemics before in history. We know that tens of millions of people have died at multiple times in human history from epidemics. And we know also that the scientists the people who study diseases have been worried specifically about a coronavirus leaping from an animal species into humans. And what do you know? Here we have a coronavirus. The very thing that people have been afraid of is staring us in the face. How bad is it going to be? I don't know, but I'm going to answer some of these questions in this upcoming episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to tell people about this podcast, share it, link to it, uh, do social media stuff. And when you do find it on your, um, your podcasting engine, leave me a comment and leave me a, a thumbs up or a stars or you know, whatever your podcasting engine uses to rate shows because I'm just starting out and I am entirely dependent right now on your good graces. So thank you, listeners. I'll leave you with that. And here we have the Coronaspiracy. Hey fans of Biblical Genetics, this is Dr. C. 
I'm coming at you today from a beautiful park not far from my house. It's a lovely spring afternoon. The, the birds are chirping. The leaves are just starting to come out in the trees. I hear some gooses honking in the background. There's people walking their dogs and playing frisbee and the ice cream man just came by and kids running around laughing and playing and we're in the middle of a pandemic. And lots of people are getting sick and some people are dying. And I want to spend some time addressing some of the issues that I'm hearing right now online and try to encourage you a little bit in what might be for some of you a trying or scary time. Now I've already, um, just today, I've had two different TV interviews. Now I'm not gonna specifically mention which shows or when they're playing because first of all, I haven't seen the interview yet. I don't know if they're gonna cut me out. I don't know how they're gonna splice it together and I don't have a link for you yet. Plus broadcast TV, there's not always a direct link to an episode, but when I get the link and if I get it, I will put it in the show notes. So go to biblicalgenetics.com and find the show notes and they'll be there. Um, we've also filmed two Creation Talk episodes. Those are available on creation.com and on YouTube. And the audio is on, available on creation.com or on any podcasting engine that you have. Twice, Gary Bates and I have sat down and discussed this issue of the coronavirus. The first time, it was a couple of weeks ago when it was just starting, and then recently, yesterday actually, because the epidemic is growing, more people, we've now passed the 7,000 mark, that might be laughable a couple weeks from now, but we just hit the 7,000 mark, and the government is shutting everything down, and all the schools are closing, and it's becoming a really big deal. Now I'm potentially going to get myself in some hot water because I want to address some of the things that I've been seeing online that I believe are false. There's a lot of them. The first one, and multiple people have asked me about this, is about a claim that saltwater gargling will prevent or cure the, uh, the coronavirus. You know, I don't think that's true. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, it's impossible to get the saltwater to the point where the virus is replicating, it's called drowning if you wanted to do that. You don't want salt water to be in that part of your lungs. Well, second of all, um, there's no experimental evidence that salt water will kill the virus that's uh, adhered to cells. Uh, it's, I don't know of anything like that. Now, soap, soap will destroy the virus. It'll rip it apart, let alone clean your skin. So soap is good, but you can't gargle soap. But worse than that, you can't get rid of the viruses that are already inside the cell and are replicating with salt water. So I do not believe this is true. There's another thing that at least four or five people have asked me about. It's about uh, a claim that you can use a hair dryer, a blow dryer, and put your hand on to slow it down and, and blow it up your nose and breathe deeply because the virus is susceptible to temperature and it can't handle high temperature, so therefore you can kill it uh, with a hair dryer. Uh, no. I do not believe at all that that's true. In fact, it might even be a little dangerous because by drying out your mucous membranes, you might be making yourself susceptible to other bacterial and fungal infections. In fact, you might even be making yourself susceptible to the coronavirus itself because maybe it likes to attack dry mucous membranes. Yeah, sure, maybe it doesn't like uh, to replicate in warm temperatures, but you can't keep your nose warm all the time. And one of the th reasons why viruses might do well in wintertime is because our noses and throats get very dry. I don't know if that's true or not, but I suspect that might be a causative factor. So please um, don't do the blow dryer technique. There's another question I've, I've seen and multiple people ask me about, 
and that is, was this virus circulating prior to this late January in the United States? The answer is no. There's no evidence for it being around prior to late January. There's no evidence of it being in people at all before December in China, maybe November in China. Yes, there are other coronaviruses out there. Sure, they're called the cold, but that's not the same thing. They're genetically distinct from this new virus. There is no evidence for this virus circulating in people prior to just a short time ago. And a lot of people are asking me if this is genetically engineered. Well, the latest evidence, now all the evidence so far, specifically the latest evidence published in, I think, Nature Genetics, I'll put a, a link in the show notes, says, no, there's no evidence of this being genetically modified. We have the sequence, we have multiple sequences of this virus for multiple patients, multiple countries, and there's simply no signal. Now, what kind of signal are you expecting? Well, scientists, we work by basing our work on prior work. We take the stuff other scientists have done and we modify it. And science works by incremental steps. One little learning thing, one little um, discovery at a time, and we build and build and build and build. So therefore, if this was genetically modified, you would expect to see maybe the backbone of a coronavirus that other scientists had been working on. Or maybe you'd expect to see um, changes that other scientists are saying, you know, if we change it in this way, we might make it more infectious or more deadly. Well, that's not true. The changes we see are something like, it's like, came out of the blue. It's like, well, where'd that come from? No one expected that. No one had ever written about it. No one ever studied on it. So there's no evidence that it was genetically modified. There's a... Um, a thing that comes up in, in uh, philosophy. It's called Russell's teapot. Now Bertrand Russell is on the opposite end uh, politically and philosophically for me. He's not my philosophical friend, but he did come up with this very interesting analogy. And he said like this, he said, you can't disprove that there's not a teapot on a highly elliptical orbit in space between the earth and Mars. You can't. So therefore, therefore what? Therefore, it might be true. No nonsense. If you have zero evidence for something, there's no reason to even speculate that that something might be true. There's, there's no reason to go there, which is why, by the way, I reject ideas of the chemical origin of life because there's nothing in chemistry to support the fact that life will come from non-life. There's zero information there. But forgetting all that, if you just look at this coronavirus thing, if there's no evidence that it was genetically modified, why would you think it was genetically modified? This is basic applied science. We don't have to go toward conspiracy theory or one world government and things like that to figure out what's happening and to realize that, you know what? This is something we've been very worried about. This is something that scientists have pointed out a long time ago. They said, dude, coronaviruses are bad. Let's hope one of them never jumps to humanity. But if it does, let's get ready for it. What do we need to know? So big organizations have had conferences on what happens if there's a coronavirus outbreak. That's not a surprise. This is actually smart. This is good that we were thinking about it. So we were more ready for it than we would have been had we never actually floated the question. So you ask me, how bad is it going to be? My answer is, I don't know. I know the projections are such that maybe like the equivalent of the population of Los Angeles dies. Or if we go through a lot of social distancing, maybe only the population of Houston dies. Or if we go through extreme uh, examples of quarantining, maybe only a few hundred thousand, maybe just a few thousand people die. I don't know the answer and I don't know what's going to happen. You know what? The weather's changing. Maybe this virus is, is susceptible to the weather and it doesn't like springtime. Oh, happy hallelujah. Maybe the thing will die off on its own. I don't know, but the potential is there. And since we know 
from history that major epidemics have swept across humanity and killed off tens of millions of people, there's no reason that in the future it won't happen again. In fact, we should probably expect it. Hey, and if you're a Christian, you know what? Romans tells us to obey our authorities. So let's obey the authorities. They're not telling us not to be Christians. They're not telling us to sacrifice to Baal. They're not telling us to renounce our faith or, or worship Satan. That's not what's happening. Not at all. They're telling us to be safe because they want us to be happy and healthy. It's also a little unfair to compare this to the flu virus of the past, saying, oh, well, you know, every year tens of thousands of people die from the flu and only a few hundred have died from this virus. No, man. That's not a fair analogy because this virus is just starting. In fact, we're just starting to see the exponential increase over time in the Western world. We know what causes disease. In fact, disease theory was pioneered by creationist Christians. Men like Joseph Lister, who in 1869, I think it was, he introduced the idea of using antiseptics in the operating room and in medicine. Well, no one had ever done it before and all of a sudden he revolutionized uh, medicine and he based his work on Louis Pasteur another Christian who said you know what this is little things we can't see and they cause disease if we boil water or boil milk or heat up you know things we can pasteurize them and prevent uh, decay and people getting food poisoning and things like that brilliant pioneered by Christians the medical establishment is thoroughly infused with Christian thought and Christian belief. And one of the reasons for that is that Jesus himself gave us the example. Even though we live in a sin-cursed world that's falling apart and there's lots of hurt and lots of disease and lots of suffering, when Jesus Christ was on this earth, he consistently acted to reverse the curse and people called him blessed and they thanked him for helping them with their diseases and such like that. Now, as God, of course, he could do whatever he wants and he could heal anyone. But as a follower of Jesus, I want to follow in his footsteps. And if I can help someone, then I'm serving as Christ to that person. That should be our, our attitude, Christians. We're not hiding in the corner in fear. We're not railing against the government and against Microsoft or Bill Gates, whoever you want to rail against, the World Health Organization. No, we are seeking to serve other people. That should be the basic Christian response. Now, in the end, perhaps only one or 2% of the people who catch this virus are gonna die. That's a lot of people. That's a whole lot of people. In fact, if you're saying, oh, it's only got a one or 2% death rate, are you kidding me? If there was a 1% or 2% death rate every time you got in your car, you would never drive. 1% or 2% death rate? That's terrible. That is not acceptable. You're not thinking rationally if you're like, oh, I don't care. I have, you know, even if I get it, I'm not going to probably die. No, that's not the way sensible people think. This is serious. This is something that just might get you. In fact, if you don't die, you might wish you were dead. In fact, you might spend all your money trying to keep yourself alive. This could be a terrible tragedy for you and your family. Let's not treat this cavalierly. And the worst thing is, yeah, you might not die. You might not even get very sick. But if you catch it, you might pass it to somebody else who might get very sick, who might require hospitalization, who might actually die. So to be merciful, the healthy, should be merciful to the unhealthy. We don't want people to die for something that we did. That's not fair. 
this coronavirus epidemic is a real serious thing that we need to pay attention to. If you want more information, the show notes are on biblicalgenetics.com. I have a great article, at least I think it's great, on coronaviruses on creation.com. Go there. In fact, my employer would love for you to, to refer from biblicalgenetics.com. Click on the link and go to creation.com. That would be really good for me if they show traffic coming from my outside CMI site to the CMI site. There's so much information out there for you if you need more, if this wasn't enough. Go out there and be safe. Don't reject science just for the sake of it. We live in a world that our good and loving God created. He wants us to understand it and apply your thinking to this world. And let's go out and let's bless people in the middle of this epidemic and help them and encourage them and tell them about the good work of Jesus Christ. That's all I have for you now. I hope you enjoyed that. Be blessed. 